Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health. And I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast. So please get in touch with us via Manon and Verclyde on social media. Um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email, just type in support at manoninverclyde.com. Our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us if you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member. One of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host as always as we talk about all things Rangers. Obviously we spoke in the last podcast about the, the very sad news about Queen Elizabeth passing away so since then there hasn't been too much in the way of Rangers news or activity. Um, but we still have a, a huge game Wednesday night to prepare for at home to Napoli. Here a discuss that and probably a more probably a more level mood than when we we discussed that the other night. I think we all had the emotions rising so I think we've maybe popped a few few blues. Um we might be feeling good. First of all Mason Stuart, how are you feeling Mason? Yeah well good thanks Colin. Uh thanks for having us back on. Uh yeah feeling feeling a bit better from Thursday night um obviously the news. The Queen, but then you know the performance in Ajax as well, which was 
you know, just a repeat of Saturday. So, um, but, you know, as Rangers fans, you look forward to the next game and obviously already looking forward to, to Wednesday night, which, you know, first Champions League game at Ibrox for 12 years. So we've got, we've got, you know, we've got to really look forward to this one. Absolutely. Also joining us, Ferry Continent, David T. How are you, mate? Yeah, great. Thanks. Uh... I, I think it, I think this went from anger to missing to trying to understand what happened uh, last week. Um, the, the anger certainly subsided a wee bit. I must admit, the, the one thing I, I, I don't really understand why the whole football competition had to be. I mean, I know it's respect for the Queen, but I, I don't really know why the, the whole competition had to be called off for it. But that's just something, ma. I know, yeah, obviously a decision has got to be made, and but. Mm. I don't. I, I often wonder: Would the Queen have wanted the whole competition to be cancelled? I can understand that on the on the day of the funeral that everything stops on the day of the funeral. I can understand that. But I don't, didn't really understand why every all football was cancelled. I think for me, it's probably it's weird how inconsistent as where the football um, the football being cancelled and the cricket and rugby going ahead. Um, that's. I just thought it was weird. I thought it'd be all or nothing. Um, and apologies, you would have seen us laughing and gamma there. Myself and Mason, that was uh, David. That was um, a wee comment for Kieran coming in about Mason going from flag shagger to Colin shagger. Um, you've been called worse things, haven't you, Mason? Oh, 100%. Much worse. <laughs> so, um, on that note, um, thank you for setting me up, Kieran. Get your questions, comments in the comments uh, section and we'll chat through them as and when they come up. Um, before we do get into the, the week ahead, Mason, um, you want to get a wee shout out about the, some potential pause that we're, we're coming up? Yeah, so uh, we're going to be doing um, a, a Rangers Best 11 of your lifetime um, you know, series on here with, with myself. So, um, yeah, if anyone fancies coming on, coming on to the pod and giving their uh, Rangers, Best Rangers 11 of their lifetime, then, then get in touch with a with a pod and we'll, we'll organise it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to seeing you know from the different different ages and, and uh, different opinions on 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 their best 11s. But um, you know, I think that will be a good series, and yeah, we'll want to get as many people on it as we can. Nah, I'm looking forward to it. I've already started my team on the back of a fag packet. Um, spoilers: most of it is a, <laughs> the 2003 treble team. I've spoken about that time and time again on here, but. Um, I'm just actually on another couple in. Um, as well as I don't think we'll be picking them from Wednesday night anyway. As well as that, we also got the latest blog up uh, this afternoon. Um, I gave a, a wee bash of the writing, just talking about my first ever Champions League game at Ibrox. It's nearly 19 years to the day since Rangers beat Stuttgart 2-1. What a night that is. Your first ever Champions League night. And because this is the first Champions League proper uh, tie back at Ibrox in, what, over 12 years, it felt right to maybe mark it by looking back at a memorable game. So on that note, if anybody would like to come on and do their best 11, or if you fancy giving... Um, the writing a shot. It does. It can be about current affairs or just random Rangers topics, past or present. Get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or even in the comments tonight. Um, the more the merrier. So, on that note, let's look ahead to Wednesday night. So, we we've got an extra day to prepare, Davy. Um, 
And I think we, we kind of ran through the, the problems we're facing at length on, on Thursday night. I think one thing we we did kind of, the, the four days kind of maybe ranted about, but didn't really come up with any answers, was the zonal marking. We've got to start there as a talking point. I've been thinking long and hard about this the last couple of days, and I'm kind of I'm somewhere in between the old school, just pick a man and stay with him and put somebody in the post. But the football manager wanking me is maybe thinking, right, the game has moved on. Where are you sitting with the, the zonal marking dilemma? Well, I, I, I just think I'm obviously old, old school, so I just think a zone can never score a goal. It's players that score goals, so... I I'm, I don't like zonal marking. I think it brings laziness in because players think, oh, it's not in my zone. He's got to go for it. And the likes of um, Tavernier and Golson got in each other's way last uh, on Wednesday. Things like that can happen. But I think I think the zonal marking actually came in when when people were, were started blocking other people. I don't know if you remember Lee McCulloch was really good, good at that, setting up blocks that he could go around the back and, and, and get a header on the ball. And I think that's what, what why zonal marking came in, that, that, it was, that you couldn't block anybody so easily. But as I say, I, I, I prefer just getting a man, a man jumping against a man, because it's so, if, if the, the attacking players, they're getting a run at the ball. Before you're just standing there, you, so you've got to jump from a standing position, and they're getting a run at the ball um, to 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 header it. And if you look at, the, I mean, look at the PSV goal and look at the goal on Wednesday. There's just nobody marking them at all, absolutely nobody. And it's not just a, it's not just a, uh, now. They remember the goalkeeper scored with the I can't remember the team it was. Um, it was bright green. Football strip on, scored in the last minute. That Liverpool or Chelsea or something last year. Oh, against no. us, is that St. Johnston? Yeah. So, was it St. John? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The biggest guy in the park, we have right, a Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the kind of things that I I, 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 I think, no, there's so no marking, it's not good. And I, I, I just prefer two players in the post uh, uh, because uh, how often does, does MD manage to, to header it away? I must admit, though, the, the one thing, if you see if you see Morelos at the front post, how often he heads the ball away, it's actually quite, I think he heads more balls away than any, any of the centre-halves or the, or the other defenders. Stephen so, Davis I'm, as well. Davey, I'm pretty sure during the 55 season, we, we must have been able to count six or seven goals that Stephen Davis prevented by being in the back post. Yeah, as well, yeah. Yeah, that I'm I'm certainly a fan for that, and I know some teams put one man in the post and one man not. I don't know understand why that. I would think it was it was either two or not. But um, no, that's I'm not a fan of zonal marking, and I think it's. I mean, sometimes there'll be there'll be good things about it, but I just don't. I think a man jumping against a man is uh, is better. You can I mean you can always use your 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 shoulders and your your. To, to put them off balance when you when when you're both running for the ball, so yeah, that that's my that's my way. I prefer that. Mason, I think I think that most of the chat is uh, virtually every team in every top top tier uh, competition or top flight league will use a variation of zonal marking. Um, I think you'll be hard pushed to find a team with fully goal man marking. 
but I think Rangers can do something a bit different. My worry is, it's probably what, what Gio called out last week, that when he was asked about the defending the corners, and he says the players aren't hungry enough to win their duels. So my concern is we go to man marking or a variation of it, and it's still these players who are just short of form and confidence and they're still making the same mistakes. Yeah, that, that's the problem. I think the smallest player on the pitch scored their first goal uh, Wednesday night. So we can't, we can't, and I've said it sort of before about us losing, you know, Bassi, Aribo, Balogun in terms of that height. Aribo, I know Davey said there that Morelos is good at the front post. I think Aribo for for and against was, was massive at that as well. Um, but we can keep, you know, keep going on the back. The players need to take responsibility. And I think that's been the biggest problem. Um, you know, this season, uh, you go back to the PSV, the two goals we lost to PSV as well. It's exactly the same thing. It's, it's players not, not dealing with it. And, you know, the, the, the problem is with, with the zonal marking, it's, it's very much a blame game. You know, they're, they're not picking up their own man so they can blame this one's coming here, this one's coming there. And it's a case of, you know, again, just no one coming and taking a responsibility. But I do think from cross balls under, under Van Broncos and to be fair, under Gerald towards the end as well. We, we see exactly the same thing. We, we were vulnerable then, and it, it's not been it's not been stopped. Um, you know, I still think the fullbacks as well are just so easy at letting crosses go come in our box. You know, and that's another thing I think that we're just you know not quick enough to get out uh, and, and stop the crosses. But to, to, to lose soft goals in the Champions League from set plays when you know it's, it's hard against these teams because they've got so much quality and they can cut you open. But to lose soft goals from set plays is is can't really excuse for that. That that's something that, that Van Bronckhorst and the coaches need to stamp out very, very quickly. We've got some comments coming in about um the potential team lineup on, on Wednesday night. Teddy Bear calling out that Ken might need a arrest but Alfie and Cholak together could be up front it could be an option. Uh, before we look at how we want Rangers to set up, let's talk about the opponent. Um I'm going to hand over to you two boys. Um, Davey, will start with you because I've not actually seen much in that play other than the, the headline results. So, Davey, you're, you're a European correspondent. Um, <laughs> what's, um, what's your thoughts on this Napoli side? Well, I'm, I'm afraid my Italian isn't that brilliant, but um, no, uh, I, I just, I, I mean, I only seen them against uh, Liverpool when they're, they're, they ripped Liverpool apart. I mean, it was it was 3 3 0 at half time. And it could have been could have been about six. Missed a penalty. Um, no, it could have been about six now by half time. And Liverpool were as bad as we were, I think. So at that time, I think Liverpool got it a wee bit at the back at the end up and put them under a bit of pressure. But uh, but it's difficult to say how bad were Liverpool and how good were Napoli. It's always difficult in that situation that. Uh, Italian football, it's, it, it took, uh, I mean, never, it used to be so defensive. You, you always knew what you were going to get. You, it was going to be a 1-0 or a 2-0, but, I mean, they, they really ripped Liverpool apart with, with good attacking football. But um, I, but the Liverpool defence at the moment isn't isn't that brilliant because they're losing a lot of goals against uh, against other teams. Uh, and if you, if you, I'm still amazed at um, the big Dutch centre-half even his, his name standing standing with his hand behind his back waiting for the guy to shoot another about three weeks ago so I, 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 as I say I don't know how the, the Liverpool defence don't seem to don't seem to be that brilliant either at the moment but the one time you know what I, I, I'm wondering Colin 
are the players understanding Gio van, van Bronckhorst? Are they, are they actually understanding what he's trying to do? Because I get, I get the, the, the feeling that they, they haven't a clue what, 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 he's, what he's trying to bring in, what he's trying to do. And that, that's just a feeling I get. I don't know what your thoughts are. I know, definitely. And like, they want to come in what, what we what we should be setting up like on Wednesday as well versus what we've seen so far um, after we move on from Napoli because I, I don't think there is something there, David, that there's been a loss in translation somewhere and I don't think it's as black and white as the players don't get it or Gio's no clever enough tactician because we've seen it click at points last year that can click. Um, but before we move on to that, Mason, I know you've been doing your digging on Napoli Um was that result against Liverpool? Was that as big a shock as what we all think it is, or is, are we underrating? Have we went into this group underrating how good a side Napoli are? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think we would have underestimated Napoli uh, as a support because I think we all know, you know, they're. they're yeah, I don't think they was in the Champions League last season, but but they're they're normally in it, and, and they're a very very good team, especially at home. Um, it wasn't a shock for me. It was a, probably a shock that they put four past Liverpool, but. Watch Liverpool a few times this season. Defensively, you know they've got issues. Um, you know we moan about our defence that cost what five million, um, and, and they've got a defence there that's cost over two hundred million, and they're leaking goals sort of left, right, and centre. Um, but but Napoli, Napoli are a top top side. Um, they've actually lost their for me their three best players last season as well in uh, Kulabali, um, Mertens, and um, uh, I can't remember his name, but he went to to America. Uh, is it Insignia? Um, yeah, and and then but they've 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 got a player called uh, Zelinski um, who scored two against Liverpool, and he looks he looks for me he would be their, their biggest threat. And I know their striker uh, Osimhen is injured, and he's going to be out for he got injured against Liverpool. He's going to be out for about five weeks, so he, he misses the both both legs, you know, both both fixtures against us, um, which you know we're happy about. But sort of looking at their their team and the way they're top of Serie A at the minute, they've, they've won five and drew two, so they're unbeaten actually since the end of April. Um, so this is the kind of test and, and obviously Serie A we know uh, is, is, a, is a top league with some top teams I think Italian football's just starting to come um, back on the map for, for, for a few years it went off a little bit um, I think Inter Milan AC Milan Juventus and, and, and Napoli now are really starting to look strong so I think I think they're going to be a class above Ajax um, which is worrying me um, from Wednesday night because I know I think I think Davey said, you know, I, I and I think I'm making right. We 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 don't actually know how good Ajax are because we were so poor. Um, but I think I think they are a, a level above. And you know, I think if if we're going to get any result, um, we're going to have to be on on top top form, which um, we've looked miles off uh, the last couple of weeks. So, Davey, kind of come back to the question you were alluding to there. So, before we look at can these players carry out the instructions from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst? On Wednesday night, what should the instructions be? There's, I get against a top, top side, you can't go gung ho, um, you'll get ripped apart. But in the same breath, Rangers, Rangers aren't, aren't compact enough at the back just to shut up shop and and um, absorb pressure. So that leaves us in we are really narrow margin of how we're going to play. Um, and I think there is going to be an element of playing on the counter, but I'm going to, need to keep a lot of possession. Um, I think for me, I still think the back five remains the same. Um, I think there's definitely changes midfield to front, though. And I think starting with the midfield, 
we need to we need to have an outball. We can't set up with Kamara, Davis, and Lundstrom or Jack in there as well. Um, we need. It'd be brilliant if Tom Lawrence was back, but if not, Malik Dillman or Scott Arfield has he gone there for me? Well, I think uh, Van Bronckers will start with two two midfielders anyway, if not three, uh, because he probably maybe play uh, Davis, Lundstrom, and, and Kamara. Although they, they weren't that brilliant against uh, against Ajax, Kamara had a nightmare. Um, no, I, I think it, I, I mean it'll go defensive. That's for sure. It, Van Bronckhurst is a conservative player. He's not. He's not a a player to go all out gung ho. I always think, yeah. Listen, see if we go out and we're going to give them the same five yards of room that we gave Ajax, then we're we're, we're going to get put to the sword. That's that that's a hundred percent sure. You've always the way I always played football. I mean, I, I sat in the guy's back. If I was marking somebody, I was marking him. I, I, and I followed him everywhere. If he went to the toilet at half-time, I, I still followed him into the toilet, you know. But, uh, <laughs> that was just the weekends. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, that's... Uh, I mean, I just... Uh, that, that's, I, we've gone out, we can't give them that amount of room. We can't. We certainly can't. And uh, I don't... I think, I think we'll play defensive. I, I, I worry about it, but... Uh, but the thing is... The likes of when we played Ajax, we had absolutely no threat up front. So if you've no threat up front, then it gives them extra play. They can throw their, their, their centre-halves into midfield and uh, an extra player into midfield. The two wingers can come up and the, because we just didn't put any total any pressure. I don't even know. We were in their half in the second half. I, don't, I can't hardly remember what's been in their half. So on that point, David, Teddy Bear in the comments did suggest, do you play Morello Sancho? Like, I, I don't know if I would go with both of them, but I think this is potentially a game for Morello himself because yeah. I'm not confident enough in Rangers' retention of the ball to support Cholak enough. This is no slant against him, but it's a, he's a different type of striker. I think we need to bring Morelos in to start. Yeah, Morelos has got far more body. That's uh, he, he knows he's up defenders. I mean, um, Bassi wouldn't have as, as easy a game if Morelos was playing in the in, in Wednesday. It's that I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. And no, we Morelos can hold the ball up better as far as I he's, he's. I mean, Morelos was a midfielder to start with, so he's got more. Uh, knowledge and more his body knows more about uh, how to handle the ball in midfield and how to pass it uh, so I, I, do, I just think uh, I would have Morelos I mean Morelos is the best player we've got <laughs> he shouldn't he? I, I understand he's, if he's no fit and he's been a bit petulant but um, if he's fit then then he, he should be the first name in the team in, in my view Mason um, there's also some comments about Ryan Ken as well and this is a hard one, kind of the same token as Morelos, when it comes to talent, Ryan Ken is up there but he's he's been running on what he used to do for a long, long time as opposed to form um, he's only really turned up, even even last season for being fair, it was odd game here and there in Europe um, and it wasn't consistent in Europe it's a hard one, who do you start in the wings either side of Morelos if you, if you do start Morelos well, that is that is that's a tough one because um, you know I was on here Wednesday and I, I think I was quite well very critical of Ryan Kent. I think his performances have been have been really poor. Um, I don't think he deserves to start 
to be honest. I think, but then I'm kind of looking and going, who do we bring in? Do we bring in Sakala against Napoli? Not for me. Um, maybe Matondo out on the left. He, he's he's a left winger. Um, so may, maybe Matondo. I, I think I think Gio needs to do something different. I think you know it, it's a bit of a mad one uh, to say that Ryan Kent shouldn't be you know shouldn't play against Napoli for the threat. But he, 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 you know someone just said it there. He's a wasted jersey, and he has been for for the last few months. So I'd probably go with Matondo out on the left um, and play him in his, his natural position. Um, but I, I agree with both of you about Morelos. I think. Um, I just, you know, I just worry that that the fact he didn't come on for at least ten, fifteen minutes the other night, I think that there's, there's again, there's, there's something deeper. I hope, I hope I'm wrong, but I just can't understand why Moradas wasn't brought on at all. Um, you know, but but the right hand side, we've still, we've still got the problem. Do you play Scott Wright? Uh, if Matondo plays, you don't play Kent. You, you're probably what was the other option? Wright, yes, yeah, Carla. So it, it, we haven't got, you know, a lot of options. Maybe play our field off the right, which I'm not a big fan of, but. You know, we're we're not loaded with options. Obviously, the injury to Tom Lawrence was was a, is, is a massive, massive blow for me. Now that was that was one that that the time probably, you know, you knew it was big. But but when I look at that sort of front line, I'm going, oh, he's he's, he's a big miss. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't play Ryan Kent. That's that's for sure. Sticking with you, Mason um, and Davey, Afterwards, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it as well. A few folks saying that they would change the keeper up, um, and. I do see why why you would want that. For me, I, I would stick with McLaughlin. I've no I've no really confidence that Alan McGregor's gonna come in and bring bring the change that we need. Because um, I, I think if you look at the last fuck eight goals of I think it whether it was four in both games, the last eight goals, well McLaughlin does take some fault. I don't think I don't see the results changing. Off the back end, McLaughlin doing anything different. I'll be honest. Do you bring McGregor in, Mason? Yeah, I would. I would. But I said that after uh, Parkhead. I think um, I still think McGregor's the best shot stopper we've got. Um, yeah, I, I agree. McGregor cost us a lot of goals last season by not coming for crosses uh, and, he, and you know a couple of howlers, which if you look at his career, he hardly ever made. Um, maybe that's his age showing up. But I still think if Napoli getting in dangerous positions, I still would want McGregor in goal, you know, pulling off them them saves that we've seen him in Europe do so so often. So John McLaughlin, I'm still not I've said it, you know, I'm still not convinced. Uh, he, he's a Rangers number one. McGregor McGregor, you know, it, you know, I think his age he is past it, but I think eight goals in two games, um, how many shots did we actually have against us in, in them two games as well? you know, he's not pulled off a save yet, McLaughlin, where I've gone quah. You know that's what I expect from a Rangers keeper. Uh, for all, for all for all he's good at his feet, which has cost us goals. Um, you know, and, it, and it's looked like it was going to cost us goals. I would probably go back to, to McGregor, uh, but Gio, Gio won. I think I think we can debate it. I think Gio made it clear that McLaughlin's his number one, and I can't see that changing. And David, um, when when I say that I would keep John McLaughlin, that's not. I'm I'm not as fully behind him as I was at the start of the season. I, I wouldn't be disappointed if McGregor was in, but it's probably the choice that I would lean towards. I can't see why he would bring uh, why we would bring McGregor back in. Teddy Bears made a really good point that McGregor might give the defenders a bit more reassurance. That I think has a good point. But kind of going back to the what we're saying about how we want to set up and we do want to be a bit more in the front foot. Does John McLaughlin 
help us go forward a bit more? Or should we just grab that idea and let the the keeper keep the goal? Well, I used to play goal sometime as well. And I'm quite small, but I always get my fingers to the ball. I always came and get, get my fingers to the ball. And I, I don't understand. For me, any ball round about the six-yard box should be for the keeper, even if he just gets his fingers to it and, and flicks it away from, from the the, cent, the, the centre-forwards or, or the, 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 the main uh, head, danger at headers. As long as he gets it away from them. And you put a player at the back post that that's that going to pick up the ball if you just flick it on. So I think anything within the six yard box should be for the keeper. And, and no, I mean they go they go against Ajax, they go against PSV. For me, a keeper should be coming for that and, and punching it away. But obviously, even McLaughlin doesn't do that. I mean, it's it's okay in coming if he, if he's really confident he's going to get it. But I think he should come for every ball really that, that's about the six yard box because I mean, he's, he, there's no chance if he's on his line. There's very little chance he's going to stop it if it's in. If it's hard and in, in the, one of the corners, there's no chance he's going to stop it. So I, I think that way. McGregor, yeah, he's, he's a great shot stopper, but he's, he's he's on the line, staying on the line. That really that really gets to me. In a perfect world, we would have, we would have bought another keeper, a better keeper than McLaughlin that, that comes. But um, no, I, 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 for me, uh, I think he'll get. I think he will keep McLaughlin in. Uh, I prefer a keeper that comes. So. Uh, I mean, a lot of the goals haven't been shots. They really have they? They've been. I don't know whether McGregor would have would have saved many more of the the the, the goals that we've lost. But uh, and and McLaughlin said some quite good saves. He's he's had a lot of good saves. It's okay picking out the bad points he's had. But I mean, he stopped he stopped quite a lot of goals coming as well. So no. I, I I think it's McLaughlin for for just now. No, it's it's a hard one because the keeper. Absolutely. Well, a keeper makes a mistake, it leads to a goal. But I don't think McLaughlin was any worse than some of our backline in the last couple of games as well. But it that that's uh, that's what happens when you when you play in goals. You need to, you need to take that accountability. I think they need to stop this. Got you've got to play out no matter what. If if the the the, the, the other players the other team are covering your your back four. Then get it up the park and then fight for it up the park. But don't start this. I mean, he lost that goal a couple of weeks ago, uh, mucking about. But there was about four or five times before that that he just got away with it in other games. So I, I just think we've got to stop that and, and, and get the ball up the park and then fight for it up the park. And that, that that's the way I think football should be played. I don't, but it's going back to this horseshoe again. Why we've get we get this in, and that's what you were talking about, um, Ryan Kent. And I wonder, I wonder, has he been told he's got to stick to the out, stick out in the wing that he's not allowed to move inside? Because I mean, see if you look at, I hate to say this, but see if you look at Yota, he's he's, he's in both wings. He, he comes inside. Sometimes he's in the centre forward position. He's hardly ever stuck out in the wing. Just totally stuck out in the wing. And that, that's what I think we 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 can. I mean, he's stuck out that wing. You've got to stay there and wait for the ball coming. And yeah, it's it's so easy to mark. So easy, Mason. That's a really good point. And if I am going to be 
try and bring a wee bit of balance to that and try and be a wee bit fair to Ryan Kent. I think we have seen that in glimpses this season where we've potentially had Kent, Tillman and Lawrence. They all interchange with each other. They all swap with each other and gave the support to Cholak. Back to that problem in the midfield when you don't have the we don't have the forward-thinking midfielder linking up the attack. It means that Cholak is isolated. Whoever's on the left and right is also isolated as well. Um, so I think that's when that, I was really hopeful with Lawrence and Tillman that you were going to see the best of ranking. I really think if if we're not going to if we're not going to play maybe Tillman through the middle or Lawrence if he's back, there's no point in playing Ryan Kent either. Well, the problem you got is I thought the the PSV away game. I thought Lawrence, especially second half, um, the game changed when he hits the bar with that little bit of little bit of quality that, he, that he's got in his locker and he's, he's one of them players that gets half a yard and he will have a go and, and he can score screamers I think the team got a lot of confidence from that um, and I think he was the one that's one of them players that you know will take the ball in tight areas and will try and make uh, the big, the biggest thing as you said is try and play forward um, and I think he did take he did that night took a, took a lot of pressure off of Kent um, but then you know when when Lawrence is out and you've got you know, again, it's going to sound like I'm bashing Scott Wright. Um, but, you know, when you've got someone like Scott Wright, where, where honestly, on Wednesday night, his second, every second touch he had was a tackle. Um, the player, you could see the confidence go into that right-hand side. It was all the way, you know, back. And we were only going through Kent. And then at times, I do think we give him the ball and, say, and, and at times and say, Gan makes that happen. Um, which, you know, if you're Ryan Kent, you're going to get frustrated with that because... You know, you need you need other players to, to step up. We had nothing going through the middle. Kamara as a ten, uh, as well. And yeah, it's it's a, it's a really really uh, difficult one, the Ryan Kent one. But I think he's he's body language. Even what you get out of Ryan Kent normally is a hundred percent, and I don't think he's given that at the moment. So um, you know, I think I think it's and time it, for change. Aye, the difficulty is when we don't have. Like, so Juicy wearing uh, a couple of hours are suggesting maybe Sigala is he an option. Um, no, they're saying on the left, but no, even on the right, if you don't have others pulling away in the attack and Kent's having an off night, it doesn't matter how well Ryan Kent's playing, you still got to have two players marking him. It's very hard to play yourself back into a game when you're, people are doubling up on you. And that's that's the difficulty we can. He needs a Gone are the days where he'll just play himself out back into form. We he needs a bit of support. Oh, this is one. This is one of the biggest frustration for me in terms of. The, and we're coming back to it again, but but the summer in terms of how important that right winger was to give balance to the team and to give two wingers that with quality and you know keep teams guessing. You know, going into to big to games and teams are going. Oh, you know, we can't go and double up on the left because they'll go and do us on the right and, and vice versa. But at the moment, we're exactly the same as has been for the last three teams. They know how we're going to set up and they know they can double up on the left and they won't, they won't care about the right. And, you know, one we haven't even got, got onto yet is Tavernier. We don't we doubt if he's if he's fit um, and what he gives us on that right-hand side. And, and especially, you know, games at Ibrox uh, in Europe, you, you think back to... All the European ties we got through last season, he, he was he was brilliant for us on that right hand side. So, what does Gio change? You know, in terms of that, how do we do? We go to a back five maybe, but then I think we haven't got anyone that can really play a wing back like that. Tavernier can. Um, so that, that's another one. You know, it's, it's so many things. Uh, you try and work it. Do you throw Davis in uh, Ben Davis in, into a game against Napoli? Maybe move Sands into midfield. That that might be an option, but. 
Um, big big pressure on Gio uh, uh, Wednesday night, and, and it's not a game against Napoli. You want you want you know you, you don't you don't want that kind of pressure because if it gets if it gets ugly, it's, it's going to turn. But I'm just hoping where we're at Ibrox as well, it's going to it's going to make the game hopefully a bit of a leveler for us. It's a really good point, and just another wee uh, shout out to the the board we put out about um, that night Ibrox nineteen years ago against Stuttgart. The atmosphere was electric. Um, I've put the link to the blog and um, to all the other links to you and the links for other pods at the start of the comments. Folks, come do that, Abash. Davey. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Time and time again, and I know how frustrating I must sound because I'm ready to kick myself. I know I'm fucking too optimistic for my own good. So I know there's an element in me clinging to hope here. But we have seen the unthinkable fairness Rangers side the last couple of years, and a lot of time it's been at Ibrox. Um, I don't think it's quite a leveller um, because how how short a form we are, but I think it, it certainly gives a wee bonus um, if the if the fans are up for it. On the other hand, we can be a very unforgiving crowd at times, so um, the first eight to have brigade might be out in the first minute. I don't know how DC going. Well, I mean the the, the, the it's. The fans are your are your twelfth man, really, or should be, and Ibrox they the, the have been that have been absolutely fantastic, and I, I mean I, I think the older days of the, we were far more critical of a team. I don't think we're that that critical of a team, but I mean there's just certain things that, that happen that that, that annoys you. I was, I was as a fan. I mean the likes of Ryan, Ryan Kent with the the goal from Barisic. I mean, he's standing out there in the left wing. He can see along the back line. He must know he's offside. And I just think it's a shame. that I mean, it was a brilliant goal by Barisic. Absolutely brilliant. But Ryan Kent, it's just pure laziness that, he, that, that he's not looking along the line and thinking, am I offside or am I onside? Uh, getting it in my own half so I'm not offside or something like that. 
So that that's just a but for me, I, I, Colin, you know, you know what I, I just think when things start going bad like that, I think there's only one person that, that, that that's to blame. He's, either he's Van Bronckhurst isn't getting his message across, or either the the the, the players are not adhering to his, his messages. There's something there's something happening between Van Bronckhurst and the dressing room, in my my opinion, because. The, 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 I mean, you can't get that bad within a few weeks or a few. You just can't. Something's happened, and I don't know what it is. I can't. Well, I probably do know what it is, but um, because it happened at Feyenoord as well. The exact same thing that we're going through now went through went on at Feyenoord as well when he was there. So I just think a manager, a good manager, picks a whole team together, and people will go out and they'll they'll, they'll burst their backside for them. Did you see that against Ajax? Did you see players get out and burst in a gut to try and get the ball? I certainly never. And I'm just frightened that if they go out like that against Napoli, then uh, <laughs> God knows what it'll end up. Because I think I'm the same as Mason. I think um, Napoli are a step up from Ajax. Mason, on that, um, the, the, the reason why I think it's, it's, it's apt to talk about fighting attitude is cause back to what we're talking about. This team can feed off the crowd and vice versa, um, and it's a very organic. It's uh, I think that's what's good about Ibrox or British football in general. It's not like just white noise of cheering. It's the, the crowd responding, and then the team respond to the crowd and vice versa. Only David's yeah. point. So I only go. I think I just on that though. I think yeah, of course the crowd's going to be going to be up for it. We said the first game, you know, Champions League in twelve years. At home, I think we're going to back it. But I think the the players need to give a message to the crowd early doors that they're up for it as well because they owe us a big performance for the last two awful performances they put in. So I think early on they they've got to get the crowd. But we they we deserve something early on where they go right. They're up for this, and then we feed off that um, because the, you know I think that's the least that they owe us. Uh, and just on that, Mason, so kind of. Going back on what, what Davey was saying, that I agree, Davey, the, the buck does stop at Gio uh, for inspiring the players and getting them up for it. And Gio will live or die uh, by his results. But Mason, <laughs> Gio will go if um, the results don't improve, but there has to be a collective accountability for these players as well. Um, if you can, if you need somebody to... G up for a Champions League game, then you're you're in the wrong. Not even at the wrong club, you're in the wrong sport. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, uh, yeah, this is the thing. This is is frustrating because the manager always carries the can at every football club. That you know that is just the way the way it goes. But I, I do think the players deserve a lot of a lot of criticism, as I have just said there about the, the, the two performances. Um, you know, totally. You can't blame the manager for you know letting going back to, to the old firm game, just letting people take quick free kicks, quick throw-ins, just not being switched on, just not looking up for it, um, and, and then that carried on to Wednesday. But it is it's really really strange that the, the, the two performances we've had and the, and the sort of going from that PSV result and the performance out there to Ross County at home, where I thought it was our best performance under Geo at home this season, and then you know the transfer window. We was we, we club was on you know support wise we was on a downer but that shouldn't affect the, the dressing room and then since then it's just been a, a real downside now I know people you know last season's domestic record was 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 poor and 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 you know 
European European wise, I think say Van Broncos in that sense. Um, but what what has happened? I, I feel like something's happened at the club. I don't know if the players thought we was going to strengthen as well, and they feel let down. It's just something or something's gone on in the background. The tra- just something doesn't seem right at the minute. Um, and Wednesday, I'm just hoping as a supporter more than anything that them sort of thoughts are just put to bed and it's just been a bad two games um, that we, we don't ever have to sort of look back on. But that, that's that's for me how we're going to sort of recover from this um, is the most interesting thing. And yeah, Van Broncos is going to carry the can for it. So um, he's, he's under big pressure. I, I'm glad. I'm, it's, it's a bit worrying that, that the game obviously was called off Saturday, but I'm kind of was dreading going to Pototri and you're like, I couldn't see us getting a result, and that's that's a bad place to be in as a Rangers supporter. Davy, I've got a theory, and I'm going to share it with you and the listeners. And I'm coming to you because you, like, you're the realist of the the trio tonight, so you'll tell me to shut the fuck up. This team, like, it's still the same core that we've got for the last three, four years, and every season they do respond to. Like events are significant, like catalysts that spark it. So we've seen, like uh, last season, we were short of form for weeks and weeks, and everybody said, "Right, we need one good performance, a similar away performance to spark us back into life." And then they come, but then when Giovanni van Bronckhorst came in for that first um, like ten weeks, like we we bounced into form. We did that was the spark. Um, we can we can pinpoint bits in every season the last three four year where something has sparked us back into life. My theory is we've been waiting in that spark, and <laughs> two shagans back to back will be could be what brings us back into life. What's your thoughts on my theory? Well, your theory is the same way the other way around now, isn't it? One result against Celtics brought us right down, so hopefully it's not going to go on for ten games. But uh, I, I, I don't really, um, I don't really agree that when as soon as Van Bronckhorst came in, uh, that things went good. Because if you remember, right, he was seven points clear, I believe, and I remember he, he, he held, he got Tav to sit back. Tav wasn't allowed to go forward, and that was a big, big. Uh, so I mean, like that the first ten games, because you're right, it did start to go downhill domestically around, fe- around February. But if you remember back in November, December, January, we. Like we kept to zero, that's all we kept on saying. Like so we did get a bounce. Um I don't know. I, I think there's this there'll be a bounce coming at some point for this team and I just hope it's sooner rather than later. But I always think a new a new manager does does help you for a for a, for a time. But the the thing is, Colin, the, the first thing you've got players have got to enjoy training. If you enjoy training and you enjoy the, 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 the way you're playing football then it, it, it goes for itself. If, if you're playing good, then you get the confidence and you, but as soon as you, you play bad and then, then they just, people, you can just see players don't dare that there's something wrong with their confidence because that's why we're, we're keeping this playing backwards, playing backwards, playing backwards, just because the players have, they've lost confidence in some way. And I, I, I mean, I've I seen what during the week, during the week, there were some players that made good runs into the, and I mean, even if even Cholak made a couple of good runs, but for some reason they don't. Whether they don't see it or whether they they just don't dare to pass it to them. But I mean, that's that's uh, the way you you watch other teams. 
they've got runners all over the place and, and they, they pick out the runners and we don't seem to do that. We just we just seem to, even if we've got a runner, uh, they, they don't seem to give them the ball and they just want to go from this side to side to side to side, turn back, give it back to the keeper and then the other teams get 10 players behind the ball and they, all they're doing is moving up, moving up, making the room short, making the room smaller and smaller, and then all of a sudden we're, we're, we're caught and we've got to punch it back up the park and the other teams get the ball because there's nobody up the park. That That's the way. But it's just, for me, it's all, all confidence. And, yeah, I, I, I hate to keep saying it, but it, it always goes down. Confidence starts with the manager to bring it in. Cheers, Davey. I was up all night thinking about that theory and um, <laughs> <laughs> only taking you 60 seconds to rubbish that. Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> I'm away to bed now. No, I, I mean, I think it's, 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 it's just the, the thing. Uh, success breeds success. Put it that way. So if you if you are successful, you'll you'll breed successful. But just what I said, it's another way about is it's another way about as well. If you not get that success, I mean, I, I think we would have played better against Ajax if we'd beaten Celtic. I, I, I think that's a a, a, a given. But. Um, no, we we seem to uh, we seem to have lost all confidence at the moment. And, and as I say, you you, you see that in our defending, you see that uh, in in our play that they, they don't dare to pass hardly, um, and we're we're just getting stuck and stuck, put back, pull back, pull back, and uh, kick the ball up the park. There's only Cholak run Cholak run about up there like a like a blast uh, fly, <laughs> and. Uh, we we are short of confidence throughout the team, and um, like the problems on the like they're only far to seek. But I think um, like it's it's very hard. You're spot on, Davy. When you're knowing that winning mentality, it's very hard to get back in there. And we do need some sort of spark. Um, and I, I do think that come that has to come sooner rather than later. Um, if we've any hope of keeping this season any any way on track. Um, Mason, there's a few comments coming about some different things. Um, you know, kind of, I'm kind of got to group them all together in terms of like how we built the squad stuff, I guess. Um, and the do we have any info on the board? But I, I think yeah, we've all seen these WhatsApp rumors um, about the Hong Kong consortium coming into Fire Rangers. What do you make of these? Because um, like. I don't know. Well, there's there's something going on between the like Dave King and the Parks as well. So it would the timing would make sense, but at the same time, these rumours have been going around WhatsApp um, with different people going by Rangers since the dawn of WhatsApp. Yeah, I think coming back to you know, I think there's definitely something going on in the background. I think there's that's. You know, there's no smoke without fire, as I say. I think um, King's comments are, are, are you know, are not helpful, but I agree with with everything that, that come out Thursday night. I think he was he was absolutely spot on. Um, but it's, it's not it's not helping it's not helping us, is it? You know, the as a football club, all this going on. I think the ball not going and adding anything once we got in the Champions League. Um, I just can't get my head around that. So that makes me think, what? Why? Why would that be? Um, you know, I think that there was someone that there was a Scottish guy that that passed away a couple of weeks ago that leaked documents of an American takeover as well. I've got a name, Kylie, something. So yeah, something something's definitely going on in the background. Um, 
but it's just it's just not helpful for, for us. We need we need you know a couple of players after we got in the, the Champions League, a couple of quality players. We didn't get them, and if it's you know because of maybe the changes on the board, which maybe it is time for that. Maybe this board have, have done a lot of good as well. I know they get slaughtered a lot. They have done a lot of good, um, but maybe they have taken us as far as they can, and maybe it is time for for new people to come in and, and with new new ideas and and go from there. But yeah, it's the, the, the WhatsApp messages, you know, uh, is it true if it, if it you know if it, if it didn't come from WhatsApp? Uh, that, that's a that's a, a good a source as any WhatsApp nowadays, isn't it? So, uh, but yeah, so something's definitely not right. The thing is, so if, if um, there is things happening in the background, they're not. I mean, everybody's asking them to be transparent, but you can't because there's all sort of rules that you're not allowed to. to, to because the stock market would go crazy if uh, if everybody knew what was going to happen and could could uh, project what was going to happen and make a fortune from it. So you're not allowed. They're not allowed to to say tell things like that. But um, it's obvious, obviously something's happening in the background because uh, yeah, there's, there's just there's no smoke without fire, as they say. And that's fine, David. You're right. That's they can't be transparent. Like they can't just come out and say X, Y, and Z is plan to take over bid, and we won't X amount for it. It doesn't work like that. Where it gets really frustrating is when they start playing kind of backhanded party politics and leaking what they want to leak to certain parts in the media. And I'll, I'll use all in on the parks and King and that as well. Um, you know, King has his, his trusted um, go-to guys, Chris Jack, all that kind of stuff. Um, so enough information will always come out to either put a spin on a story. Uh, it just it leaves the, the regular supporter just frustrated and wanting more information. So... Um, for the, the forecast and the comments, that's a long-winded way of saying time will tell, we just need to wait and see, don't we? The thing is, King is, is still the biggest uh, shareholder in the, in the club, so he, he, I can quite understand he, he wants to, to go his way, so, so he's not going to lose any more money than he's, he's probably going to lose anyway. So, I mean, I can quite understand him trying to but his way in, but it's, it's just the, the, the timing of it. Just before the just before the Ajax game, I think was it, that he came out came away with that. So it's certainly the timing of it. I don't know whether whether he does that meaningly. So as it puts the, the sort of a biggest amount of pressure on the on the board or not. But it's not it's not a good it's not a good timing. But I mean, it's always good when you've got somebody coming out and controlling and saying things that. Uh, I mean, if everybody was just nodding their head and saying, uh, "Yeah, okay, that's great." Keep going, guys. Then, then nothing will ever get done. Yeah. I mean, there's one one guy that I said last week. I said, "Are you happy with paying six uh, six hundred pound for a season ticket to watch this?" And one guy says, uh, "Reply to me." Um, yeah, I'll, I'll pay. I don't. I'll pay anything to watch Rangers, so it doesn't bother me. And I thought, well, that that's why the board. That's why the board can do what they want with you. They can. They, they can because if you're just going to accept everything that the the people keep throwing in front of you. And 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 just keep nodding yes, then 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 the, the board will just walk over you, and that's what they're that's what they're doing for, for a lot of the time. There's a wee uh, a comment for Boyle seven in there. Um, when he came back, as uh, at least he keeps the fans in the know and the know, unlike the parks. And credit was credit due. Um, Dave King came on this podcast um, away Club eighteen seventy two to talk about the. The, the Club 1872 um, share initiative, and they went on heart in hand, and they went on. Like, we were one of maybe six podcasts they went on, um, fan media, and 
it was an open forum where we didn't have to send questions in advance and if we he would answer what he gave us and I think that's um, also that was a that was in itself interest to get fans on board with that. But you you wouldn't see the Rangers board um or very many folk for Rangers coming on a podcast like this. Believe me, listeners, I have sent the emails, I have tried, um and not even a knockback rejection, just a, a swift uh, ignore um, the glamours of podcasting. Dave, Dave King though, that he's he since he's left, there has been that feeling of the ball treating us like I think Davey Pollock said it a couple of weeks ago, treating us like customers instead of supporters. Never really felt like that under King. I think he hasn't got everything right, but I think he's. I think Blue Nose makes a really good point there. I think that King, I'd love King to come back as as chairman and back on the board. I know people would disagree with that. I think the infighting with with uh, Parks is is really really not helpful, um, and you know. The history he's got with with um, Parks, his son, is it great? Is he? Uh, I can't remember what his, his, his name is. With obviously the whole Kashinya uh, debacle as well, and there's you know there's that, that that that's no good though for Rangers. That all needs sorted. But you know, I would I would like King. Uh, I would like to know what King's real. What, you know what he wants. What 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 good is is he getting out of putting out these these statements? I think the one he released before the old firm game was was badly timed as well. And it was a dig at the ball the night before the old firm game, and I'm like, that's you know that's what not what we need because the supporters were, were were disappointed we didn't go into the market as, as we said earlier. So I would like to know what King's real real what he really wants. Does he want to get rid of his shares as well? You know, these are things we're not going to know as as general fans, but. You know, it comes back to what David just said—the transparency—and unfortunately, we're not getting it from the, the current board. The one thing we we Dave King though, he, he's a Ranger supporter, and that's that that's a lot of a lot of his what he does is driven from his heart. I mean, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have got involved. Uh, was it twelve years ago when 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 Green and all them were in? He wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have got involved if he wasn't such a big supporter of the club, and that's that's what makes him. Uh, I want to talk to, to speak out. I think that, that I mean, I mean, I think if, if everything was going good, he was quite happy to go away and 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 stay in South Africa and just mind his own business. But he's obviously not liking the way the clubs have been run, and uh, that that that's why he's come out. To me. I mean, I'm, I don't know Dave King for from anything. I, I, I have no connection to him. I've no, um, but um, I, 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 I certainly we were. Better when he was uh, there than, than we are now. We knew more, and uh, but as I say, if, if there's a takeover, you're not going to hear it until it happens because they're, they're just not allowed to do it. Oh. So, in that um, <laughs> lack of a solid answer from the gallant few, I think as is just the time as any start wrapping up, gents. That's us approaching the hour mark. Always goes in very quickly when you're talking all things Rangers. Um, just before we wrap up, um, we've seen the. The viewers um, here, um, well, I think we've got around about 120 odd folk watching right now. That's uh, just a massive thank to everybody who watches live or afterwards. Um, uh, it's really appreciated and getting involved in the comments helps us keep the keep the conversation going. It's a massive thank you to everybody who's been watching and listening to the pod. Uh, if you can, use a wee like, follow or subscribe, wherever. Wherever you're watching these, for, um, it helps us grow the pod and reach a bit more people. Um, but it's really appreciated. So, last thing to do is thank my two, my two esteemed guests. 
for coming on. Um, as always, gents, give the listeners a wee thank you, goodbye, and give the show prediction. Mason, kick us off. Yeah, thanks, Colin. Cheers, Davey. Um, thanks for having us back on. Uh, oh, God, it's tough. It's getting harder to, to do these predictions because I'm getting miles off my, uh, every week, um, but following the last two performances as well. But, yeah, look, uh, it's going to be really tough, as, as we mentioned, Napoli are uh, top side. Um, be interesting to see how we Gio does does set us up and, and, and how the team come out. But... I'm never going to say we're, we're, we're going to lose uh, in, in your prediction. That's 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 no good. But uh, a draw, I'll go one all. Well, no, it wouldn't be the worst result, I'll be honest. Um, Davey, thanks for coming on, mate. What are you going for? Yeah, well, thanks thanks for having me, first of all, and thanks for all the people watching. Um, yeah, somebody said, God save the king, and I was wondering if it was Dave King he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um no, uh, no, it's, it's great. It was quite, quite funny. We were, we were sitting th- thinking we're, we'll probably get through about ten minutes and we'll be through all this stuff, but we managed to get, get up to an hour. So no, it was a lot of good things said, and uh, no, thanks a lot. And uh, you want a result from me? I'll be happy with that one-one. From uh, I'm, I'm, af- I'm afraid. I think we'll get beat. I, I, I think all our conference is gone, and uh, I think we'll get beat about three 0 no, um, <laughs> very, very fucking hard to argue with you, David. I wish I could, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna let my emotions go my head and think that, you know, if the, if the, the crowd um, are up for it as well, I think the team, they'll, they'll do, they'll do to respond to the crowd at some point. Um, I'm gonna go one 0 one 0 Rangers and Mason's coming up for his first game in a long time, so maybe he's got to be the lucky charm, eh, Mason? That's it, mate. Uh, that's that's the hope. I can't, you know, I can't say we're going to lose if if we're coming up for it. So, uh, oh, I'll be absolutely buzzing if we manage to to do that. That's for sure. I hope I'm wrong, by the way. <laughs> so they are. Don't worry. So they are. But on that note, um, thank you again for everybody watching. Um, I hope your team wins on Wednesday. Uh, we are the people. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.